Well, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Final Boy Status. For this episode, I will be your host. I'm Lance Lappin. I am joined by two esteemed and extremely funny gentlemen. We have Adam Bone. Hi, everyone. My name's Adam Bone. <laughs> that it is. And Lou Cowder. Hi, everyone. I'm Adam Bone. Fuck. Oh God! <laughs> Try it again. It's okay. Shit. You had that whole intro to think about it, Luke. What Just happened? The teleprompter. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm I'm Lanson. Uh, no oh, God. Yeah. Um, that works too. It's okay for the YouTube viewers. I actually have a lower third. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Luke Howder. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Grateful to uh, Lanson and Adam for having me back. Of course, guys. He's the producer's son. I can't like. There's not a whole. Our hands are kind of tied here. He's my son. What? <laughs> yeah. I, I. It's it's the rough thing. I'm a nepotism baby through and through. That's why I got these fancy digs. Yes. Yeah, my man. Yes. That's why I have a dedicated studio that definitely doesn't have my bed clearly in the background, nope. and not made in the slightest. That's just one of those Zoom backgrounds that you can choose. You know, it's an option of the unmade bed. <laughs> Oh. Have you seen that guy online that does like extreme sports with a green screen, and then it shows like <laughs> no him like in a in, in like some meeting on Zoom, yeah. but he's like in reality motorbiking. My favorite is there's one where he's full boxing a guy, but you oh, look geez. at the Zoom meeting and it's just like a sloppy green screen like wow. <laughs> office background as he's just getting his shit rocked by a professional <laughs> boxer. <laughs> oh, good times. Speaking of good times, we have a lot of fun doing this podcast. Now, if you're new to the podcast, or maybe it's been a while since you've tuned in, over here at Final Boy Status, we are three average Joes that talk about survival and horror movies. Very similar to what you guys do at home, with your friends, or with your family. You know, you watch a movie, you say, man, I would have done that differently, or that was a good choice. So we kind of do the same thing, just talk about movies in general, and then just talk about how we would survive them. So without further ado, let's talk about this week's uh, special movie, which was picked by our own Adam Bone, um, which is The Empty Man. So Adam, why don't you go ahead, maybe give a little bit of a synopsis on the movie and some reasons why you wanted to pick it for this episode. Awesome. So I'll start with the synopsis and then kind of going into my reason. Uh, synopsis, a little difficult, but let me try and do my best. There's a couple... Hikers up in uh, Nepal, Tibet, somewhere around there. Bhutan. Bhutan. Um, they um, run into this creepy-looking statue thing. Some weird whispering, supernatural stuff happens. They get trapped in a cabin, and most of them end up dead. And then it cuts to our main character, whose name on the top of my head is James Lazambra, and he is uh, an ex-cop. He's had some tragic backstory. Uh, a friend of his uh, either runs away or gets kidnapped. They disappear, and he's on the case as a citizen doing a good thing for a family friend. Um, and craziness ensues. Um, so this is kind of a disclaimer. If you haven't seen The Empty Man, we will be jumping into spoilers. If that's, From that synopsis, it sounds interesting. Go watch it. Come back. The The subtitle on my name is going to make a little bit more sense after you watch it so do it for that and then come back because we are going to break it down pretty specifically 
um, with some spoilers. Now, I watched this movie a year or two ago. I don't to totally remember if it was right when it came out or pretty soon after, but um, I remember me and Luke were talking about this before we started, but um, Chris Stuckman is a YouTuber guy I watch who does movies, and he reviewed it, and he was like, it's really good. More people need to see it because basically nobody saw it when it came out. And so I watched it with some friends and my brother, and I think more than any other movie I've watched with that group, and we watch a lot of movies together, this was the one where afterwards we talked and talked and talked and came up with theories and came up with reasons, and we had to look up stuff, and we wanted to look up, like, the lore and the backstory. There's just so much to unpack with this movie, and it's so polarizing. I think half of us were like, that movie wasn't good and then the other half was like no i liked it it was really good so um that's uh I, I i wanted to bring it to you guys just to hear your thoughts i think it's a very interesting movie i'm very excited to see how we make it work for this podcast because it's very different uh story wise than other movies it's not very clear exactly how we're gonna break it down so i'd love to see us kind of give some ideas of what's going on break down the story before we actually because i think that's important before we actually decide if we can survive it is to come into a conclusion on what is even happening in the movie in the first place so uh yeah i'm excited for this discussion very nice well let's kind of segue into just talking about our general thoughts about the movie um so you know what since you just got done talking adam would you mind just kind of giving us your general thoughts what do you like what you didn't like and yeah just go from there absolutely i think my initial thoughts because i did watch it twice i watched it a year or two ago and then i watched it yesterday the first time i was like i did not like that movie it didn't make any sense to me it was there's all these red herrings everywhere and most of it didn't matter at the, by the end of the movie i watched it a second time and i think i appreciate it uh i still i still have gripes but i think overall I'll just start with the positive. It is very unique. I think it has a lot of atmosphere. It has a lot of intrigue. I think throughout the movie, I was very interested. Where is it going with this? There are a few different themes. Um, some mystery. You're kind of curious what's going on in the in the background of these characters, the stories. Um, there's some cool, creepy cult elements, which I love in movies. I, I love cults and stuff like that. So that was fun. Um the first 20 minutes of this movie were probably the scariest part of the movie. I thought it was an awesome beginning, really sets the tone of the movie, makes you really excited to see where it goes. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just a super solid movie, makes you think, makes you, it, it intrigues you. And there's a lot of great horror moments, I think is the last thing I'll compliment it, where it has scenes that start and end, and it feels like a very... Uh, condensed or not condensed what's the word very um i can't think of the word but where where it has a very good beginning and end that scene kind of is uh is kind of like a vignette where where it's kind of contained is the is the word i'm looking for where it's very scary and there's a lot of good suspense throughout the scene and and a lot of these scenes sometimes don't even really connect to the rest of the movie which is one of my gripes but i i can tell the director has a really is really good at building suspense, building scares, making him... I mean, there's a few jump scares here here and there, but they weren't um, annoying to me. I thought when they happened, they worked enough, and, and it was a pretty scary movie. Uh, as far as gripes, I think the end of this movie 
kind of ruins the rest of the movie. Like it was an end that's kind of like a Shyamalan twist ending. Um, and it makes you go, oh, that's an interesting ending. And then you start thinking about it and you're like, this ending doesn't make a whole lot of sense to the rest of the movie. Um, and I think if you like, again, this is one of the things me and my friends broke down. If you really break it down, you can justify certain things, but I don't think the the movie really, um, earns the ending that it has. Cause then there's scenes you think about and you're like, well, if this is true, why is this happening? There's also a lot of catharsis at the end of the movie about what happens to the main character's family, some of the grief that he's experienced with it. And it turns out not to matter at all. And again, spoiler warning, turns out to not even have existed or happened at all. And you learn this before you see this scene with what actually happened to them. So you're sitting there going, okay, why do I care about this now that I know this didn't even actually happen? So I think the ending was a little disappointing. It kind of ruined the rest of the movie because a lot of it didn't even happen. A lot of it didn't even matter. Um I will say overall it's a positive experience you should watch it because I think the the whole the in the moment watching the movie was worth it even the second time I found myself intrigued and interested but the ending really just doesn't hit the mark for me so that's uh that's my thoughts Very nice And Luke let's kick it over to you what did you think about the movie Just yes, yes. <laughs> He's yes. nodding his head for the only yeah. the, the podcast <laughs> listeners out there. Let's start. Let's start my section with a visual joke to alienate most of our audience. Great. Good. That's okay. what, that's what I did too. I mean, um, where to begin? The empty man. <laughs> I I am empty, emotionally, physically so hungry which is crazy because i just ate 50 chicken pot pies um the little personal ones it was the person calm down um hey man no judgment here food i have a little bit of judgment okay if there's no if there's no judgment i was lying they were the full family size chicken (laughs) pot pies throw it down my dude eat that i gotta maintain this dumb truck of a butt dummy thick dummy thick laying it down um I'm so thick I could press vinyl with my buns. <laughs> God, I don't I, I don't even know where to begin with this movie. Mm-hmm. This is a hard movie to really pass any kind of judgment on because it's very ambiguous, it's very open-ended. And Adam, like Adam said, this is a great movie to just kind of like you know, make your friends watch and be like, "What what do you think?" Yeah. Um if I'm going to weigh in, the thing that really won me over about this movie is how the beginning of it feels like you kind of go into it and you're like, oh, great, this kind of movie again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's an urban legend. If you blow on a bottle in the middle of the night, the empty man will come and kill you. Um, and a bunch of teenagers do it, and then they start going missing, and a detective has to track them down. There, and, So it's just that thing of, like, there's a million, like, really bad horror movies and this is like right in that vein. The beginning totally like I remember like I also had seen parts of Chris Duckman's video. I didn't watch the full thing. Um, but I 
saw that he really liked it and i was like oh interesting and then i watched the beginning and i was like he liked this this is so like stereotypical you've seen this movie a million times they did it a few years ago with like slender man and then there's like you we all know the movies i'm talking about like yep. idiot teenagers getting killed and there's like not a lot going on and it's not very interesting and then this movie just like totally pulls the rug out from under you and is like that storyline of the movie doesn't matter surprise like uh and so it just like hardcore goes in this other direction and you know one thing we talk about a lot is we really love if we can walk away from a movie and go i've never seen anything like that before what's interesting about this movie is the entire setup of the movie i'm like oh i've seen this before lame and then you get to the end of the movie and you're like i have not seen this before that was real weird <laughs> like um so it really won me over in that regard. Like Adam says, if you really stop and think about it, you find a lot of holes to poke in it. Uh, I will say that easily 60% of this movie is people monologuing at James Badgedale, like just word vomiting different philosophies at him. Real world philosophies are not like made up for the movie or anything. They all exist. Um, but you're getting kind of like bastardized versions of real world philosophies, just like word vomited up in like huge monologues. And then every scene ends with James Badgedale just being like, I don't know what you're talking about and leaving. So it's like, <laughs> it's really funny in that regard. Like I, I want to watch a lot more movies. That's people like pretentious monologuing at a dude who then goes, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And just like saunters off to fall in a ditch or whatever this character did. Um, yeah. But I also think, like, this movie's cool because you kind of see, like, we we watch this guy, like, fall apart and we watch his world fall apart. And, like, there is a sort of weird catharsis at the end to know that, like, nothing matters. And in in the case of this movie, like, nothing matters for him kind of becomes, like, a prison. But there's also, speaking from my own personal worldview, like you can reach a point where nothing matters and that's in like an incredibly freeing thought and you actually feel like lighter and happier in your life when you stop to think about it. Um, and I think this movie really shows us like the deconstruction of this man um, and like the realization that nothing matters and how hard that hits. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. I think it's really beautifully shot. I think uh, it's a bit scatterbrained. I think the point doesn't always land. And like I said, there's a lot of long monologues that don't really make sense. Um, so, like, I'm, I'm not going to act like this is a perfect movie. Definitely has its faults. But I think it's really creepy. Really creepy. It's really atmospheric. And I've never seen anything quite like it before. So uh, I quite liked it. And uh, with that, I'll pass it back to Lance and, and be, be done speaking for a moment. All right. So yes, um, overall of the movie, not my favorite. Pretty middle of the road for me personally. Um, but there are some really great things about the movie. I'm not here to just you know totally crap on it. Um, I do have to say it was very unique. I can't say that I've seen um, a movie like that or a storyline like that. Um, obviously, yes, I really loved, um, especially in that first 20 minutes, like, how it was shot, the location and everything was amazing. Um, but I feel like that's, I, I feel like my overall kind of takeaway from it is it was kind of a letdown for me personally. I watched those, I think my favorite part was the first 20 minutes and then 
gradually my interest in the movie kind of waned for me personally. Um, yeah, the ending didn't really like it. I thought it was to, to the point of if nothing really matters, why should I care about the story of this character? If nothing really matters, it was kind of my my takeaway personally. But you know, I mean, kudos on like trying to do something new. I'm not like trying to just always slap that down, like just keep to the norms. But I, I felt like um, kind of the delivery and the end point and the end product of some of those ideas I would have liked to have seen done differently or have a different outcome. Um, but yeah, I would say it was wasn't great. Wasn't terrible, just kind of a middle of the road movie for me. Honestly, I think you said the most devastating thing you could have said, which is you said you basically went like, "Hey, good try." Like, <laughs> if if yes. the filmmaker who made this movie ever watches this podcast, that will just like we will, we said a lot of nice things about the movie, all three of us. He'll yes. forget all of that and just focus <laughs> on like this was a good attempt. It was a good try, you know, as I sit in my lofty tower <laughs> tell you how to make a movie, sir. Um, you guys don't realize this because he does have wallpaper over it, but the wall behind Lanson, solid gold. Dude, nothing from my friends. <laughs> what? <laughs> is, the, is the audience your friends in this context? Of course. I feel like that's kind of the... Anyway, this is a little bit of a tangent, but kind of the beauty of podcasting is you feel like you're a friend of the speakers or at least you're somebody in the room. So, I don't know. I, I feel that's, friendly feelings towards everybody at home. I mean, that's nice of you. I, I am aware that people who listen to this podcast probably feel like they're our friends. Yeah. Uh, you're not. God, get away from me. I need all of you to leave me alone. But please keep listening to the podcast. Hey, I appreciate you being an audience member, but also, like, stop coming to my nephew's birthday parties. God, it needs to stop. <laughs> I'm sorry, I gotta stop putting that online of where your nephew's house is. <laughs> I really should Lance, have seen that coming. Lanson tweeting out, fans of the show have a chance to meet Luke Howiter at his nephew's <laughs> pool party. I mean, they're so insatiable. I have to throw somebody to the wolves of like, ah, here's some fresh meat. Leave me alone. And in fairness, we can't throw Adam to the wolves. He wouldn't survive. Like, yeah. how many stalkers have you had at this point, Adam? Um, <clears throat> more, uh, more than the population of Salt Lake City. Dang, dude. And how many of those do the podcast with you? Just, you don't have Just two, names. I think. Just two. At least two. two, yeah, at, at least, least. maybe three. Yeah, we have had more. guests. Good to yeah. <laughs> had a couple guests. Yeah, yeah that is true. <laughs> oh man, but getting getting back uh, back in the podcast a little bit. So now that we've kind of given just our general sort of opinions about the movie, let's actually start getting into the meat and potatoes of what our podcast is about, which is survival. And so when we talk about surviving a movie, it's important to talk about, especially in a horror movie it's important to talk about antagonists so why don't we just kind of open it up for a discussion to talk about the empty man i almost called him the bye-bye man because that's mean, the other movie I, I was thinking of when i was like, yes! yeah okay because i i straight up when i went to look up this movie at hbo max i put in the bye-bye man and nothing came up and i'm like what the heck, man? <laughs> but no, yeah, when I was me. talking about like stereotypical movies that about yes. teenage protagonists that suck, I was thinking specifically of Slender Man and the Bye Bye Man, but I couldn't yes. remember Bye Bye Man. 
Yeah. Anyway, me just being a goof. But yeah, let's talk about the empty man. Some strengths, some weaknesses, just kind of what we think of the antagonist. The interesting thing about this movie, I think we'll kind of, I mean, we'll break this down further, but kind of taking a step back, this movie's a little bit like when we try to do Donnie Darko, where mm. the end was kind of inevitable. Like the character starts and is going toward a goal that's pretty much set for him. Um, and I think as far as the strength of an antagonist go, you, they created this guy to become a certain thing. And I don't know, that's, I mean, and that's kind of the cult because you have the cult and then you have the demon guy and the demon guy doesn't do a whole lot. It's kind of the cult setting it up for the demon guy to come in. So I don't know. It's it's a little tough to break down, but I, what I will say as a strength is they really, they have a hold on this guy. And I I mean, it's it's tough to get away because he was literally created for this one purpose and has like three days before it's going to be finally set in. So that's that's a small window of uh, uh, of escape there. So I, I think that's a strength that the cult people have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's sort of an interesting conversation, too, because there are like multiple antagonists in this because obviously right. there's the empty man himself. Uh, and then there's also, um, oh God, was, uh, what was her, Coconut Head. What was her name? Oh, man. Um, yeah. Coconut <laughs> um, the girl, the girl who looks like she's getting a liberal arts degree, uh, derogatory. <laughs> Just to be clear, there's getting a liberal arts degree, cool. And then there's getting a liberal arts degree, derogatory. She is very much the latter. Um, yeah. Like, in a way, you could view her as, like, one of the ultimate antagonists of the movie as well. Because, sure. like, she's kind of the one pulling the strings. Uh, and, like, I this is where it's going to get interesting because we'll discuss, like, different possibilities of the movie and different things and, like, whether or not the ending is inevitable, you know? Um, but I do think, like, there's an interpretation of this movie that I think... I've never discussed this with any anybody. This is just something I've thought about. But, like, you know, why would the cultists, like, tell the truth? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they have no motivation to tell the truth. Like, right. it's pretty far-fetched. Like, first of all, this movie expects us to believe, hey, there's a guy from another dimension, the empty man. Uh, and he, like, uses people as, like, a radio and he talks to his followers. We're supposed to believe that, but then the movie also expects, uh, expects us to believe, like, you know, a bunch of dopes with shaved heads sat in a basement for, like, 50 years thinking real hard about James Badgedale, and then he just, like, appeared. Um, and, like, it, there's also the thing of, like, we know that they've tried this 13 times before, and it's never worked. So the idea of it working now feels a little convenient. So I kind of, like, part of me wonders if uh, whatever his... I know the actor's name is James Badgedale. His name in the movie also happens to be James. Um, part of me wonders if he's actually, like, a real dude and everything that happened to him is real. But the cult used their weird, like, think about it and, like, make it real philosophy to, like 
from a distance brainwash him and convince him that his life didn't really happen. You know what I mean? Because, like, obviously what she says directly is, oh, we made you up. You're completely our creation. You're our uh, Tulpa. That's what it was. I remember that because it's obnoxiously close to Tulsa. But uh, they're like, you're our Tulpa. We completely made you up. And I'm like, I don't know. That's kind of a big swing. And also they have no reason to be telling the truth. You know what I mean? Like, what's a bigger swing? That you molded a guy into being your antenna, like a real living person, or that you made a guy up from scratch? You know? Right. Like, they use their weird, ambiguous mind powers to make the mom forget about James so that when he calls her, she's like, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, because he had, like, a whole life. He was walking around, and I have a lot of trouble believing that they, like... I, I don't know. I'm not entirely sold on, like, his entire life was, like, a construction. Because yeah. I don't believe that Coconut Head is that good of a writer, you know? I don't yeah. think she's, like, a J.K. Rowling over here, you know? Yeah. Although she might be a turf as well. Hard to say. She kind of <laughs> has that vibe. Yeah. But, um... So part of me wonders if that's really what's going on in this movie. They're just, like, using their weird cult focus energy thing to actually, like, erase this man's life and empty him out for the empty man. So, like, right. this movie's really about him being emptied out, and he's sort of metaphorically the empty man in that they are, like, scooping out his emotional innards to make room for the entity known as the empty man. Yeah. I think kind of a, a weakness I could see is the beginning 20 minutes. It seems now this could have all been controlled by the cult people, right? But it seems a complete coincidence that these hikers came, this lady walked this ridge or not the lady, the, the guy. And then he fell through this pit and then he got possessed and then he he's on life support or whatever. And now they need to bring him to someone else. So yeah, that that to me seems pretty coincidental and i feel like some random cave which isn't too far off the the trail i guess in bhutan uh is uh, is kind of the source of all this all this grief so um them just sitting th or that that entity sitting there in the skeleton just waiting for prey to come so he can claim an empty man is I feel like it's not the greatest strategy I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I definitely like the entity of the empty man has influence, right? Because at the very end, we see the guy walk out and there's a bunch of nurses and doctors who theoretically are just like normal nurses and doctors, except they've been working near the antenna guy for years and years. And so they've slowly had like that influence, like take him over. So when he walks out at the end, they all like, bow down to him because it's just like years of influence working up so there's clearly like influence there and clearly like the guy you know he kind of hears something and like wanders off so like and like that temple existed because like this was a creature who was worshipped until he was forgotten and he just opportunistically was like aha people time for another follower or antenna but to your point like the cult vaguely says that they have, like, plans and that they can't wait for another antenna to exist because apparently there's, like, 500 years of time between each antenna throughout history, which is, like, huge. What an inconvenience, first of all. Like, right. what a bummer. 
imagine if like I mean, well, I mean, I guess most religions are kind of built on this idea, but imagine if like every religion was like, there's going to be a prophet in 500 years, <laughs> just like hang tight. <laughs> Still the stuff waiting. we, yeah, the stuff we have, we'll have to work for a while <laughs> until we have somebody new pop in and kind of teach us some new stuff. Right. Um, that would be like if our country just like only has a, only has a president every 500 years, <laughs> like hold tight. <laughs> Nothing's going to change. Cause we don't have that, that like third guy. We don't right. have that third executive. We don't have that third branch of government active. So just wait 500 years and then we'll tap somebody in. Um, I, I went down a rabbit hole with that one. Sorry. Uh, but like to your point, like if their whole thing is like, you know, either we do this now or it's 500 years before there's another antenna. That could go terribly wrong. Like, this guy is, like, full drinking and driving by the last act of the movie. What if he just, like, gets in a car accident? Like, exactly, yeah. you're shit out of luck. Guess there's no antenna for the next 500 years. Because that guy in the hospital bed ain't gonna make it. <laughs> he, he's a goner. He ain't gonna make another week. <laughs> and I almost thought, like, after... I don't know, after Coconut Head <laughs> gives him that whole speech, I almost thought, like, he was just going to pull out his gun and shoot himself right there and foil <laughs> yeah. the whole that's plot that's and be like, well, it. you don't get me, <laughs> you know? Which would be like, crap, dudes, what if he killed himself? We should have thought of that. <laughs> should have not told them his <laughs> Pushing plan. a man to a brink of fear and, like, guilt and depression yeah. could end in suicide? Fuck! We didn't think this through! God damn it! It wasn't the, in the... <laughs> we got to go back to our creepy cabin in the woods and think about a, another guy, I guess. I, whatever it is the cult does, it's really ambiguous. Yeah, no, no. I was just thinking about that. We got to go back to the summer camp and watch <laughs> some more VHSs figure this whole situation out. Run in a circle some more. Uh, Get all dizzy. Build the fire. <laughs> By the way, definitely my favorite part of this movie is, like, at the summer camp when he, like, takes a step back and they take a step towards him. And then he takes a step forward and they take a step back. And he just goes, yeah, no, and runs away. (laughs) Perfection. I loved that. Hilarious. Hilarious. Here's a... I don't know know if this is a strength or weakness. It's a characteristic. Um, I think something that I know for sure wasn't a construct or wasn't a in, in induced memory i don't know if that's the right way to say it but is the bottle blowing being necessary for the conjuration of the evil guy because it's it's kind of it's in the first 20 minutes part where he has to blow the little thing in order for bad stuff to happen and then in their little cult meeting they're blowing it for the the dude to walk out and him to be in the same place at the same time so this creature does similar to like you know any religious deity has certain things that that you know i don't know arbitrarily build his energy or or is a calling card is the bat signal for him i'm not quite sure and the more i talk i feel like it's kind of a weird thing for a religious entity to be bound by something like that like hey i'm going to come but I got to get some kids to blow in a bottle first and then I'll wreck them. And then I'll come and get them. And I can see it both sides. Like I've, I've researched a lot on cults and know that those kind of things in real life are a way to indoctrinate the cult members. If you have like arbitrary, like symbols or, you know, 
uh, things you do in a physical manner that that make you do. But I feel like for this movie, it's it's kind of weird that um, blowing into a bottle that he was bound by that and it, that had to happen for he did his juju, um, which is kind of a small thing, but just something I thought of. <clears throat> You know, I'm glad you finally referenced all of your uh, cult research because there was a there was a time in the '90s where you were just floating around from cult to cult, going undercover. Isn't that right? That's that's correct. In the '90s, when I was uh, from age one to age three, uh, it was my only existence in the '90s, and I was very I was I was really into yeah. doing you know work for the undercover cops and in, in those cults. You're right. Sting operations, yeah. the worst. You were you were hanging out with the Heaven's Gate cult for like a while there, but you you jumped out before like you know the mass uh, the mass exodus is probably the most insensitive way I could refer <laughs> to that event. You know, true fact, uh, my birthday was the day they all filmed themselves when it was like a couple days before they all killed themselves. So March nineteenth was a was a big date for the Heaven's Gate cult, and, <laughs> and that's what I was born into when I came to this world. So Maybe that's that pretty was, cool. That was the ushering yeah. in of when they needed to do it. They're like, "There shall be a male child born." <laughs> I was part of the prophecy. <laughs> he shall be known as Bone. <laughs> Just imagining, like. Adam is a baby, like being passed around the Heaven's Gate cult. He has like a umbilical cord camera recording secret footage for the FBI. <laughs> Are you wearing a wire? Would you consider an umbilical cord a wire? You know what, man? He's clean. That was insensitive of me. Yeah, he's clean. <laughs> That's like part of you, man. That's all good. Oh man, that's funny. Um, it's also yeah. terrible. Yeah, no, I like um as far as like the empty man himself, very ambiguous and yeah. Definitely seems to be kind of inescapable. If we're to assume what happens to the teenagers at the beginning of the movie is like actually happens in some way, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Cuz again, it's hard to say what actually happens and what is like an invention um and a false reality. But if we're to assume all of that happens, then there's sort of the ambiguous thing of like, if the teenagers follow through with this weird little thought experiment, then they end up killing themselves. So like he has influence, he has power. There's that crazy scene of the girl like stabbing herself in the sauna. Yeah. Um, and then of course, find the rest of the kids like having hung themselves hanged yeah either one. we we find them hung like up. horses and uh wow no that's the that's the wrong terminology we found the empty them, man oh wow no i'm sorry i'm getting my terminology mixed up we find them and they all have giant dicks um <laughs> yeah you're right that's and what the, was weighing them down yeah the worst case of blue balls you've ever seen it's oh, a little known, little known fact about the empty man. Like the one regard in which he is not empty is he has like the fullest and bluest of balls. Just those things are glowing. You know, he's closed when you see a blue glow. Just like, they oh, clack, hey. they clack together like marbles. You can hear them. <laughs> you think those are his footsteps? No, no. He blow into the bottle and he's like. 
Man, I wish that was me. What are you freaking <laughs> doing over there? <laughs> He's from a dimension where jerking off doesn't exist, so. First you'll hear him, then you'll see him, then you'll feel him. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Telling me these cult members have spent like 28 years trying to think up a dude for me to inhabit, and they couldn't have spent just a few minutes every day thinking real hard about jerking me off. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't put that into the, uh, the the freaking itinerary for the training schedule. Couldn't have had Stephen Root lead a friggin' prayer circle about that. <laughs> Stephen Root, man. I, yeah, I love Stephen Root, by the way. Such a great scene. I was so happy. I know. Um, I think, to your point, Luke, it's pretty tough to really put words for what the motivation of the cre of the empty man is it's like i think he's kind of just an ambiguous god-like deity he wants people to follow him and worship him but yeah it, it, it doesn't seem like unless i'm missing something that there's any hint or plans for any takeover of the world or any doomsday stuff it just seems like his whole motivation in this movie is like i need a guy Give me a guy, and that's kind of it. So I'm not quite sure what the end game is for him as a motivating factor, but I guess that's all that matters for survivability is is that he wants a host. So yeah, um, and I mean, like clearly, like there's something <clears throat> else going on because like the Pontifex Institute is like a worldwide organization with like Scientology levels of money right. and influence. Yeah. And, like, there are the scenes where he goes through, like, huge record rooms filled with, like, thousands of documents. But it focuses in on just, like, these 14 experiments where they're trying to summon a tulpa. So, like, we see just, like, a sliver of what the Pontifex Society is up to. And, like, Coconut Head, clear, Coconut Head clearly says at the end, like, we have big plans and we need an antenna in place to for these plans to go forward. So, like, there's something else going on. He, like... James Badgedale, his whole purpose in this movie is from is to walk from scene to scene and be totally bewildered by everything that's happening. So he only sees like a very, very small sliver of their organization right. and is confused by all of it. And that's what best serves the story. Like I said, there's so much stuff happening in this movie. Like essentially this movie has two beginnings, neither of which matter by the end of the movie, which is truly yeah. wild. Yeah. Uh, so like... It's all very ambiguous, but they must have, like, something going on. But it's a whole big wrench in the works just if, you know, like, they don't get their metaphorical empty man for the empty man to, like, black vomit his way in. I don't know, right? By the way, viewers out there, that is uh, that is how he enters. He enters through a back black sludge that must be inserted into the mouth, evidently. Yeah, there there are worse ways for a, a a ghost to you know latch onto a host. Okay. I'm having trouble thinking about it. Yeah, but, I was know. about to say, you know, Adam, I, I I don't have your experience, but I would say that's that's pretty bad. That's probably there's, there's this movie called It Follows, and and I think I I'd rather the Black Sludge in some of those. Well, I mean, scenes. hey, you could have a little bit of fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't look like any fun to me. I, I mean, know, that man. creature may literally split you in half, but like, 
Hopefully. There's fun to be yeah, there's fun yeah. to be had along the way, you know. I'm just saying an oil spill versus, you know, some good times is all I'm saying. I feel like we're like segueing into a game we play on this podcast all the time, which is a classic game of would you rather? And the question yeah. is, would you rather uh like I feel like there's a host of options. When I think about like horror movies deaths that like freak me out the most and sound the most unpleasant, uh like the the one that came to mind for me instead of it follows was actually the chestburster from Alien. That yes. whole thing is really scary to me, getting face hugged yep. and then chest bursted. Yep. So like let's lay it out. Like if the three options are you get chest bursted, you get the black sludge vomit, or you get uh pardon my French, you get banged to death by a mysterious entity that can look like anyone. So there's a really uncomfortable possibility that it will look like somebody that you do not want to be having sex with. <laughs> Would you rather of those three options? Boom, boom, boom. Well, like, break it down, guys. What do you think? I'm going with it follows, and I'm using the power of my mind to manifest who I want to come, you know, to manifest kill me it into sex. James Badgedale. Yeah. Hey, man, um, I'll take him. I'm going with the black sludge, man. Uh, I don't want to get aliened. I don't want to get. I don't want to get fucked to death. I, I want to get mm. a little bit of throw up in my mouth. But you know what? That's gonna. That's not a. Li- there's not kids. a little That's bit. Like it's little, an man. entire being. Like shoots. <laughs> Literally, right like the entire mouth. being dissolves into this black sludge and goes into his mouth. It's pretty yeah. standard, though. Like it, it happens in the pretty Conjuring. Standard. It happens in this <laughs> movie. It's a demonic possession. It's standard. pretty standard. Adam, it's pretty stiff. Can you imagine a world in which you throw up so hard that your entire All body like evaporates into the throw up? Can you imagine that? And tell me that that is standard in any way. Well, Adam. I'm not a demon. I would be the receiver. Mm. I have to imagine it happening to me, mm. which I can. Okay. Because you know, right. I feel like it'd, it'd be the better option. I know it's not. What What would you choose, Luke? What's your choice? Sex demon. It's like not even close. No, that's horrible. (laughs) Adam, okay, okay, nerd. (laughs) You can keep. You're talking to a guy who discovered the term succubus in high school and had a really awkward sexual awakening. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Here's you don't die by the the black sludge doesn't kill you in either case whether it's the conjuring or this ghost I mean Mm -hmm. it's taking over you you are the host and that's not a good life but you're not dying. But are you really alive, Adam? I, I guess that's a philosophical in your final moment of the sex if, demon. At least look, you're alive. Look. At least you're yourself. If the wind upon your skin can't even felt be felt by you, are you truly alive? You know, dude, everything is just a construct. Nothing really matters if you think of you gotta manifest this stuff. Anyway, that's first just of all, by God. Adam, first of all, we need to get you a bowl cut, my dude. Second of all, we need to yes. teach you about the power of manifestation you think i became the worldwide boogie war champion by not manifesting that <laughs> destiny for myself dude i'm the world i'm the worldwide boogie board champion because i set up the championship every year declare <laughs> myself the winner and don't invite anybody else he's the boogeyman i've only been disqualified two years two wait what yeah, I almost right. drowned a couple years in a row, and I had to disqualify myself. Didn't feel right to give myself the crown after that. Man of integrity. I appreciate it. Wow. That. 
A man of principle, even under yeah. fire or underwater. In this case, that's awesome. There was also fire. All the wildfires in California. I do start. I do start those just on my way through. Luke, I almost was a fan of you, and then you had to go and say a thing like that. Well, no, no, it's for like food, though. Huh? Okay, Luke. I disagree with your actions, but I will not have. I have no further questions. All right. Anyway, no, I can't let the I can't let the sex demon follow me. I gotta set fires behind me. Always, always. What if you live under sea, like under the yeah, water? How would it get to you there? Come on, man. Yeah, bro. If it can't go through fire, it can't go through water. Bada bing, bada boom. So, uh, so yeah, I would survive. It follows. I'm gonna give myself final girl status. Nice. That's what That's we're talking good. about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and you 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 hit the nail on the head. All right, right. so... When you said you wanted a discussion, Adam, is this anywhere close to what you were hoping for? (laughs) It's more than I was hoping for. Yes. Good. Very good. All right, so we've talked a little bit about the antagonists, um, the opposing forces that be in this movie. Is there anything else we'd like to add? Or any other thoughts? Uh, his cloak looks really inconvenient, and he should wear more comfortable clothes that he can, like, run around in and stuff. Wear some shorts or something. I will say just one more thing to support, to support the interpretation of events, that he is a real dude who Mm -hmm. they are, like, brainwashing into, like, thinking he's a tulpa. Mm -hmm. Like, just throwing it out there. You know, old coconut head is in charge of writing this guy's entire life. Why did she make it integral to his backstory that he banged her mom? Yeah, that was that was very interesting, and especially like the shots they have. I just I had to laugh when he's banging the mom, but then like his wife and kid are dying. <laughs> I'm like, well, at least he you? got something out of the experience. <laughs> <laughs> and like he's kissing the lady through her lace. I'm like, dude. Nobody does that. I don't know. Maybe you do, but that just seems very... That seems like a very specific memory to really be like, okay, he's going to do this. I'm really going to think about it all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, another thing. to manifest that for hours. Yeah, if someone was going to manifest that for hours, that means friggin' um, Will Byers from Stranger Things was sitting in a chair blowing on a bottle, thinking hard about a fictional man banging her mom. <laughs> maybe that was something for her I don't know look I, I don't mean to be a weirdo but like as a writer mm-hmm. if I were to write a fictional story but use like myself as a character and my mom as a character it yeah. would not be like a pivotal part of the main character's story that he would have sex with my mom yes. <laughs> like I, I don't know but I feel like that adds to my interpretation of events that like this is a real guy and they're using their like manifestation technique to empty him out yes. as opposed to he is like purely created from their thoughts or whatever because mm-hmm. there's a lot going on here and at the end of the day it's like wait why is wait why is that an important part of his backstory and like specifically why does that happen on the same day that your dad dies like why write that in like <laughs> this girl's writing some real creepy smut in her off time like yeah dude when she's on the clock at the Pontifex Society, she's really focused in on making 
James LaSombra, but when she's at home, she's writing real weird Alvin and the Chipmunks fan fiction. <laughs> Alvin we and all? the Chipmunks meet the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, sorry, that's Adam's draft. I gotta close that out. I gotta <laughs> close that. Still I told people that I feedback, buddy. <laughs> it's real uh, first draft of Monster Mash vibes. Ah, good, very good. It's a huge compliment. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. All right, so that kind of gives us more. So this uh, kind of segueing into our next topic. Also, when we're talking about survival, we like to talk about the characters, some of their choices, whether they were good, whether they were bad, what we would do differently. So maybe let's kind of shift gears and talk a little bit about the characters themselves, maybe choices that they made, things they could have done better. Let's go ahead. Uh, the character, it, again, this is tough because it's hard to know what's real, but just assuming, at least for the sake of this specific discussion, that everything's real and that he is a real dude, um, he definitely, um, I feel like does a great job just taking the reins on the investigation where he's like, you know what? I used to be a cop. Cops are doing shit. I'm going to do shit. It is a little weird that he goes and tracks down high school age kids and gives them cigarettes. I don't know how awesome that is, but he <laughs> he really goes for it and he really does some investigation that's pretty impressive and he stumbles on stuff sometimes a little accidentally, but it's I don't know. He really goes for it and I think that's cool. And my favorite part of this movie is when he tracks down a high school student, maces him and then takes him out under a bridge pass and just beats the shit out of him yeah, yeah that, that was a little questionable as well all while drinking and driving that's just great police work what can i say what can i say he's the topa man he's the antenna <laughs> it, like he's the type of policeman like he's a policeman of the same caliber as bill Hader and seth rogan and super bad yeah <laughs> pretty much dude <laughs> oh man no i i mean um if we're running if we're if we're taking the ball and running with it and like this is a real guy um who's being tricked into thinking he's a tulpa then there's like a lot of things that he should do different right like um one like i feel like this is big it's so stupid when we get to the scene of him on the bridge and he's like let me blow on a bottle like no yeah yeah, I thought that. Mm -hmm. Like, no reason for this to happen. Two, like I said, we just watch him, like, go totally unhinged. He goes off his medication. He puts his wedding ring back on to just really put another layer of guilt on himself. Um, even, like, the first thing he does in the movie, going to a restaurant by himself and getting a free birthday dinner, is, like, the saddest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, just do anything else, man. Get help. <laughs> like um I, I don't like I feel like there's a lot of stuff where he's just like really opening himself up to this whole thing where he's like right. he's going off his meds, he's <laughs> drinking and driving, beating the crap out of teenagers. Like he's letting himself get unhinged. And there's even like a conversation with the cop where the cop's like, I think it's best if you just like leave this alone. And like, yeah, he should. Like yeah. um not to mention, like, the person you're tracking down 
is the daughter of a woman that you question mark kind of hate right now because you cheated on your wife with her and because of your infidelity your wife and son are now dead like i don't know i wouldn't be keen to do that woman any favors like it's a complicated situation and i'm sure like there's still a lot of positive emotions there and he probably doesn't like hate her or anything but at the same time just like where i'd be emotionally i don't think i'd be in a place where i'm like let me go really out of my way to find your daughter who definitely ran away to join a cult like yeah right and also in terms of detective work really obvious from step one that the daughter went to join a cult Mm -hmm. and i don't know what your plan is from there like i'm not trying to be a dick or anything but a person has to leave a cult willingly otherwise like what are you doing you know mm -hmm. like you you can help you can maybe get them in a hospital get them deprogrammed but like at the end of the day if you find her and you like kidnap her from the cult you've still like kidnapped her and that's like i don't know there's a lot of different layers to that so there comes a point in his investigation where i'm like dude what are you even trying to accomplish at this point <laughs> right yeah um I'm going to say something. Paul, look where you're going next time, bro, and don't fall down a hole. Watch your feet, man. I know you got a you got like the magic dude on the recorder, but at the same time, man. <laughs> That's another thing. My favorite part of this movie is when she finds him clutching a a bone flute and she's like, "Let me blow on this." No. Soon as I find a bone flute, I'm throwing that into the abyss. I never want to see it again. Oh crap, the only bone flute to summon me got thrown back to the pit from whence I came. Jeez. Should have played better. Once again. My antenna's getting help. I couldn't bite into the brain meat of his girlfriend. She's not gonna go stabby stabby on his best friends. My whole plan is ruined. Guess I gotta sit here for another 500 years and hope the next antenna just like falls in. Also, this is something I'm thinking about too. If everybody in his party, they got killed or killed themselves, how did he get back to the United States? Like, if he's just on the face of a mountain, like, how long did he have to wait before people were like, oh, hey, those random tourists that came through Bhutan, maybe we should look for them. So I'm thinking, like, if I'm the empty man, maybe that's not such a great idea to just have that dude in a comatose <laughs> state on the face of a mountain after you killed all his friends. If you want him to be the antenna. Just imagining like the empty man going to a local library, booking an airplane <laughs> ticket back to the United States. <laughs> what is your name? The empty man. <laughs> like just, far out, dude. Just like the monotony of like he yeah. has to get a passport. He has to apply for a visa. <laughs> Sir, please don't smile for the picture. You know, don't frown either. Well, now just I don't know how him. to. I can't a make neutral a neutral face. face now. I can't make it. <laughs> I'm overthinking it. I'm overthinking it. Oh, goodness. But yeah, even just the comedy of like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, just imagining like, you know, what happens if... What's what's the... Because Paul's the guy that gets possessed and then there's the other guy. Great. What if that guy had just like a pure like fit of passion just hucked Paul off the cliff and was like, we're leaving him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, dead weight. I don't know. There's just like a lot of things that need to go right. Um, right. 
I did read somewhere, I did a little bit of reading online today, um, that apparently they began summoning the Empty Man early on in that in that scene. So when they're hiking in Bhutan and they come across like the ritual bells and they actually stop and ring them. I read somewhere online that the director said that was like the first step in the ritual. So they began summoning him by ringing those bells because those bells were like a remnant of the temple to the Empty Man. Hmm. Interesting. So interesting to point out that like maybe if they don't touch like the ancient and sacred bells, the yes. empty man never even wakes up. Like he oversleeps. And when he does wake up, he's like, fuck, there were people here. And one of, <laughs> and one of them could have been my antenna. Damn it. Oh man. man. Yes, I have to wait for a tulpa. Hopefully those guys back at corporate are really doing me a favor and thinking that dude up and giving him a sexy backstory. <laughs> Hopefully the boys in R&D are really <laughs> cooking up a fancy tulpa to appear naked in a chair. Yes, please. 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 Oh, goodness. Um, another thing that probably isn't the greatest of decisions made by James is that creepy teddy bear. Don't bring that into your house. Just leave it. Or like, like, thank you. I'll take away. this with me. <clears throat> Especially after he makes that great decision of going like, yeah, no, and runs mm -hmm. away. The mm -hmm. fact that he's like, the bear from the camp. Let me sleep with it. Like, what? I mean, you know, be rude not to take a gift. Like I said, by the end of this movie, that guy's kind of asking for something bad to happen to him. And he does not look physically well. He's gone <laughs> off his meds. He's day drinking. When he shows up in the hospital room, he looks, like, unhinged. And that's before she's like, we made you up. You're fake. Like, mm -hmm. But, yeah, there's a lot of things that could have happened in that scene that would have been truly fantastic. Yes. Yes. I will admit, like, the, the ending is a bit anticlimactic for me as well. Mm hmm because when he got taken over by the empty man, I was expecting for like a, I was expecting like a Slipknot concert, you know, like I thought he was going to go up to Paul or whatever his name was and rip his head off with his bare hands. And instead he shoots him and it was like really bloody, yes. but like the shooting was a bit like, oh, you're telling me the empty man needs a gun to do his thing? That's so lame. I know, right? So like. I totally get if you feel a little bit disappointed by the end of this movie. The cooler ending is the empty man takes him over and then he just like massacres everybody in the hospital. Yes. <laughs> Including Coconut Head, which frankly I feel like at that point we we deserve, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't care if Coconut Head's the best part of Weezer. Like if this movie ended with her dying, improvement. Indeed. I'm just realizing it's going to be really bad audio because I keep playing with my fidget toy, so you'll just hear a lot of clicking and clacking. The empty man is close. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. Any, uh, any other thoughts as far as characters go? Anything you want to present? Um, kind of, I don't know. I know it's tough to say if the kids' deaths were, uh, real, but I think, I don't know. I could see myself, maybe I'll ask you guys what, what you guys think, because I take myself back to high school, and I'm 
a person, especially now, who's not at all superstitious, even after watching a thousand horror movies and listening to scary podcasts, I'm a guy who'd be like, I'll play with the Ouija board. I don't care. I don't, nothing's going to happen. I'm fine. There's, I don't believe in that really. Um, I'll say Bloody Mary in the mirror. I'll blow a bottle. It doesn't matter. But I feel like in high school, it was a little different. I feel like I was a little bit more superstitious of that kind of stuff. Do you guys feel like you would have done? I mean, there's also peer pressure involved, but do you feel like you would have hung out with your kids, with your friends on the bridge and been like, yeah, I'm a blow a bottle. I, I don't care. Or do you feel like you were a lot more cautious to be like, nah, I'm not even screwing around with that. I mean, just for me, like, I didn't really get invited to those kinds of parties, you know? Like, most of the high school parties I went to were like, hey, guys, let's watch The Princess Bride. Um, <laughs> I actually very specifically remember a party with Lance and Lappin where we watched The Princess Bride, and partway through, they put it on mute, and Lance and I were just, like... Dubbing it. Yeah, yeah. like, dubbing it, but doing a really bad job. Yes. <laughs> uh, accidentally invoked... I, I, The Princess Bride was a random example, but it accidentally invoked a real memory. Like... Yes. You know, the place where we grew up, I one time went to a uh, New Year's Eve party where all, all evening, all anybody did was sing show tunes. So mm. it was just like like stacks and stacks of books of Broadway hits and people were like picking a song, taking it up to one guy who played the piano all night long. It was insane. And just one person after the other singing like Broadway karaoke, essentially. And somehow I feel like that crowd isn't the crowd that's like, have you heard of the empty man? Let's grab a bottle and go to the bridge. If you're lucky, the bottle's not the only thing I'm going to blow tonight. <laughs> your um, mind. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to blow your mind. Um, so I don't know, like, whether or not this situation would even come up for me in high school, I doubt it. Second of all, I feel like I was always pretty good about, like, peer pressure. Like, if I was in a situation where I'm like, I'm not into this, I'm out. I, I was usually pretty good about that. And I think I was superstitious enough in high school that I wasn't the type of guy that, like, on a dare be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to summon a crazy demon to stalk me by blowing on this bottle. Nah. Adios, Bart. Fair enough. Yeah, I... I feel like even to this day, I'm still a decent amount of superstitious, as well as... I'm, I wouldn't say I'm superstitious, but I'm definitely a little stitious. I'm a little stitious, for sure. Um, but also, like, I'm not going to take some nasty old bottle and put it that close to my mouth just to blow in it, like... You no, saw him, like, you. wipe it off, and you're like, that's not going to do anything. I'm just like, why are we here, guys? We that's could be doing a million other things that are fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me right now, Lanson, that if a girl getting a liberal arts degree told you to blow on a bottle, you wouldn't do it? Um, I would throw her off the bridge. For oh, the okay. betterment of the movie. Okay. And, but, and the world. Hold on. Hold on. But I need you to think about this. I need you to think about this. Okay. Go ahead. I need you to think about this. All right. She has the same haircut as a guy from Modest Mouse. Hmm. I will play a Modest Mouse song on my phone while I throw her off the bridge. Out of respect. This one's for you. And they all float on our Uh, You know, I've said a lot of things about girls with liberal arts degrees. But let me also mm -hmm. say this. If you have a liberal arts degree, hit me up. Yeah. Why not? 
<clears throat> Adam, oh, anything right. to add? Come on, speak up. <laughs> I'm not Adam. A girl. Please, Adam, please have something to say. Dear God, and please. I don't have a liberal arts degree, so I'm you not don't? going to hit you up. <clears throat> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So now that we've kind of talked about our characters a bit. Let us get to the championship rounds. Let us get to what uh, we like to call final boy and final girl status. Um, final boy status. You're the one that almost makes it to the end, but not quite. You're the last one to be killed. Final girl status. You, you gain the title. You make it to the end. You survive the movie. So, Adam, I shall kick it over to you for this movie, The Empty Man. Would you give yourself final boy status or final girl status? And if so, then how? Uh, great question, Lance. And I think I have to give you my interpretation of the ending of this movie okay. in order to fill in the context. I do believe that this man was created uh, because throughout the movie they talk about some dumb uh, thing about manifestation and repetition creates flesh so i think he was literally created from their thoughts and so if i'm the main character and i appear in some bunker somewhere then i have a bunch of memories of terrible things that have happened to me um i i think i am intrinsically and would be intrinsically an optimist i would say you know what life's not that bad i love life life's great I'm going to find, so I'm going to, you know, that girl that, that I, I was having an affair with. I'm like, Hey, let's move in together. I love you now. And we're, we're a thing now. I'm going to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. I'm going to therapy. I'm getting rid of my demons in those three days. I'm just upping my, like my happiness level to the max extreme. So the cult comes in, they're like, all right, empty man. We got, you know, number 14 or whatever the fuck he's. <laughs> He's a good one. We gave him a really tragic backstory. He's a, he's a broken guy. I'm going to get there and they're going to be like, ah, we got you. And I'll be like, well, you know what? I'm just happy for the opportunity. The empty man's going to come up to me and be like, no, this, this ain't happening. Um, I'm achieving final boy status, but they realize that I'm a failed attempt and then they will throw me off a bridge. Uh, and so I'm not surviving this movie, but... I'm not getting infected with the empty man, so I think that's a plus. There you go. Boom, shakalaka. Very nice. <laughs> and uh, Luke, would you give yourself final boy status or final girl status? And if so, then how? Oh, let me tell you. Uh, ooh, ooh, baby. Let me tell you. Yeah. Tell uh, I'm a part of a, what we'll call a sleeper cell. <laughs> Okay, okay. Except I ain't doing no sleeping. You know what I mean? I'm I'm <laughs> always making my moves in silence. No, I, I get myself final boy status and final girl status. I think uh, the one approach that was never fully realized is what happens if I join the cult? And what happens if I'm involved in writing this backstory for the Tulpa? Mm -hmm. And I just slip in a small little detail. That only, you know, maybe I and a few trusted associates know about, which is when I speak specific words, he will obey my command. And when the time comes, uh, he is going to hit and he is going to hit hard. 
We're talking full Terminator status. And then when he wakes up, he'll be like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And I'll be like, exactly what you were supposed to do, baby. And then I just like send him on his way. I don't know. Look, at, after a certain point, it's not super important. I just need him to take a vacation at that point to like Hawaii mm. or something, somewhere far yeah. away, so we can let uh, Mike or whatever the dude was who <laughs> fell in the cliff at the beginning, whatever his deal is, we just need him to like pass away. And then, you know, we have a good 500 years before we have to worry about another Tulpa. And that means I have the rest of my lifetime to bring down the Pontifex Institute. It's a it's a trilogy of movies that I am the star of. It gets real convoluted in the second one because it's directed by John Woo. But then it's wrapped up really nicely <laughs> in a third installment that it I is. actually end up being like my directorial debut. So Nice. I like it. It's, it's an inside job. The call came from inside the house. Ah, <laughs> I love Face Off. Yeah. Um, what about you, Lappin? Final yes. boy status, final girl status. How you doing this? I am both, both at the same time, and let me tell you how. Tell me. So, um, you know, a little something about me is that I'm already claimed by a cult, a cult that worships one of the seven kings of hell. A cult from hereditary. You know, we don't take too kindly about a bunch of backpacking mind readers stepping on our turf, man. You want to talk about a guy that comes from another reality, man? Like, we're not going after grown men. We're going after children. And that's much better. That makes yeah. our cult much better. But um, it's a huge improvement. It's huge improvement. So I'm already, like, claimed and possessed by the seventh king of hell. And so, you know, I'm just... I'm cracking necks and cashing checks when it comes to the Pontiac Institution or whatever the crap those losers call themselves. I'm taking Stephen Root by the neck, giving him a big old yeah. hug and saying, please get out of here. I don't want you to see this. Then he leaves, man. Like he leaves, <laughs> he leaves that life behind. And then I absolutely just scorched earth on their entire facility and their yeah. way of life. The candy man, the bye-bye candy, whatever candy pants man he wants to call himself shows up. And I absolutely just, you know, I I take out my wand. I use Expecto Patronum and I send him back to the shadow realm. That Dementor looking loser. You know, yeah, the world is mine. As the seventh king of hell, I uh, make it into a Garden of Eden for all demons and ghouls, but not. Not the freaking uh, empty man, because he was a loser and tried to horn in on my turf. So, yes, for sacrificing the human race and the world that we live in, I would make final girl status for my own diabolical purposes. Through all of that, I'm just imagining that you, like, perfectly arranged the telephone pole decapitation again but this time it happens to coconut head yeah just like i think i see the empty man out the window really <laughs> <laughs> put it on a freaking pike in my throne room and just be like that's what you get the best part of that is how easy it apparently was like that's a pretty half-assed thing even just be like i think i see the empty man what <laughs> really why don't you give him a big old kiss and you love him so much? <laughs> that is the same energy as being like, hey, what's behind you? And then like, 
hiding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Look at that! It's the empty man. Huh? Why oh, is I he so tall and skinny? Where the empty man? I love the empty man. I don't oh, like splinters, him. kid. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like your call's been disconnected. I'm about to <laughs> snap your antenna in half. <laughs> Oh, man. Don't lose your head. <laughs> anyway, another 80s action movie catchphrases, you know. We could go on and on. But we we will not. But we've done it, guys. <laughs> we have looked deep into the eyes and the soul of the movie of The Empty Man, and we have, we have talked about it thoroughly. So that is another episode of Final Boy Status. Before we sign off, we'd like to open it up for, you know, Couple plugs, Adam, Luke. What uh, what you got going on? What do you want the people at home to know about you? Adam, um, why don't you go first? Yeah, I'd like to plug uh, Luke's Twitter. It's at <laughs> L-U-K-E-H-A-U-E-T-E-R. Uh, you can find funny things. Uh, you can see his uh. Uh, his funny thoughts, and that's that's my plug. Nice, excellent. Uh, yeah, uh, for my plug, I'm gonna plug at Indie Adam Bones. Uh, that's on Twitch and on TikTok as well. Track him down, see his content. Very funny dude. Has a YouTube channel that I've I've plugged before, and a little film called Shadowed, which is. <laughs> Gosh, Dan, you took my production. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, please <sighs> stop what you're doing right now with the Adam <laughs> Bone Shadowed. Watch it now. Subscribe and like. Get it while it's fresh. Hey, get it while it's hot. <laughs> right. um, and then uh, I'm, I'm picking movie next, yeah? So I'll say that yeah, before we pass it on to Lanson for his plugs. What's the movie? Uh, so I picked a Giallo film last time, the most fam- arguably the most famous Giallo film, Deep Red. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to find a modern film that was very influenced by Giallo for our next pick. And I went with a film that all three of us have seen and talked about a little bit before. I went with Malignant. Yeah. Oh, gosh yes, dang yes. it. Maligma. I probably would have chosen this next if you <laughs> Malig these nuts. That's what we're <laughs> checking out next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really wanted to go, you know, the in the heyday of Giallo, there was Deep mm-hmm. Red. And I wanted to take a look at what modern day Giallo is. Because it's going to be, like, it feels very relevant. I know that Mike Flanagan is working on a Giallo piece right now mm. uh, with, uh, fall of the house of usher which i'm really excited about he said explicitly that it's sort of his homage to giallo malignant was james wan's homage to that that form and so we're seeing a bit of a resurgence so i thought we need to take a look at what a modern giallo film looks like so that's what we're going to do next week check it out watch it ahead of time if you'd like to i think it's on hbo max so mm. if you're a person that watches along that's, nice. that's the movie you got to check out next boom i like it as always, my plug will be this podcast, Final Boy Status. We appreciate the support we've gotten so far. Um, but yeah, we have a really good time making it. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, but yeah, wherever you find your podcasts, look us up, Final Boy Status. And with that, I wish everybody at home a good evening, 
Have a good week, and we'll see you next time.